Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. So this evening we're uh, going to continue our look at the subject, learning to say yes. And this is our uh, third look at that subject. Three weeks ago we talked about the heartbeat of God. And uh, last weekend we talked about the lady who said yes. And today we're going to talk about the reality that talented people need to say yes to. And uh, I just want to start by uh, reading a portion of scripture that'll kind of uh, get us focused on the reality that you, because everybody here is talented, this room is full of talent. Uh, everybody here needs to learn how to say yes. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 and begin at uh, verse number 14. And I think I'll look it up in my Bible here so I don't have to twist my head uh, quite as far. Matthew chapter 25 and beginning at verse number 14. Good evening, Paul. It will be like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his own ability, and we went on his journey, and he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And also the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I've gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who would received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. So see, here you've got what is yours. You can have your talent back. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. 
You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seeds. Then you ought to have at least put my money in the bank and on my arrival I would have received my money back with some interests. Therefore, he took away the talent from him and gave it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Story depicts a master. As we interpret it, we understand the master to be Jesus. And the story tells us, and the rest of the Bible uh, confirms it, that God gives talents, God gives abilities, God gives gifts to his kids. Everybody here has some gifts. Everybody here has some abilities. Some of you are really good at math. Many of us aren't. Some of you are really comfortable meeting new people and other people, it scares them to death. Some of you like helping and some of us aren't so helpful. But we've all got talents. We're, we're all wired different, we're all made different. And Jesus uh, has given you those talents. Your responsibility is to use them. And all of us need to understand that uh, when the end comes, and the end does come, we'll stand before the Lord and we'll have to give account on how we've used our talents. So talented people have to use their talents. Um, and we'll have to give account for whether we've used them or not. As I pondered this portion over the last couple of days, the phrase that really stuck out to me though here was verse 21 and verse 23. The ones who had talents and used them well, talented people have to use their talents. The ones who talent, had talents and used their talents, what did they enter into? The joy of their master. The happiest Christians in the world are the ones who are using their talents. The happiest people in the world are the people who are giving to others. And so we've got this, this uh, parable here about talents and the need for uh, talented people to use their talents. We don't just uh, hide them under the ground and uh, try to have them when we, uh, when we die. And so how does that uh, fit into uh, the life of the church? Well, let's just uh, hit the next slide, please. You probably, the healthy church community. So if you were at uh, launch night on Tuesday night and uh, we had a good time, great response. Thank you for everyone that was able to be there. We looked at this uh, triangle, which really talks about the healthy church community. And in the healthy church community, people are coming to Christ. People are becoming Christians. People are being saved. Um, 
And then when they come to Christ and they're saved, the church moves them along in spiritual maturity. When a person, a baby, and we've got babies here tonight and love babies at the neighborhood, but when babies are born, uh, you move them towards a spiritual maturity. You don't send them out uh, to peel the potatoes when they're a month old. You move them gradually along to the place where they can uh, be involved in significant ministry. And so the mark of a great church is not that it has longer services than some other church. The mark of a great church is not that it's more liturgical than another church. Uh, the mark of a great church is not that it's louder than another church. Those are not the marks of a great church. You can have any mixture of those things and still not be a church that's doing what God wants the church to be doing. This, friends, is the mark, are the marks of a great church. People are getting saved. People are getting to know Jesus. People are experiencing salvation. And then they're going on a pathway towards spiritual maturity and uh, ultimately significant ministry. And when they've finished that journey... People through their significant ministry are coming to Christ and the cycle just keeps going and going and going. And so this evening I have uh, three uh, great people up here with me and uh, I'm just going to get them, you know, you know Pastor Barry and you know Pastor Yasmin and you may not know this guy on my left. So you are going to say into the microphone your name. <laughs> my name's Alex. And uh, Alex and uh, Pastor Barry and Pastor Yasmin are going to help us uh, just unwrap the triangle a little bit tonight. It's a little bit intentional this evening that all three of the people, and you can grab that mic on that for that table and we'll, we'll uh, go back and forth here. But all three of these people came to Christ as adults. Uh, they weren't saved in a Sunday school atmosphere, didn't come to Christ in Sunday school. So. Uh, I don't know who wants to start, but we'll get everybody looking that way for a little bit. So uh, just tell us, and of course, uh, this has to be a little bit of a Reader's Digest kind of version of things, but uh, tell, us, tell us a bit about your conversion experience, Pastor Barry. I guess I've been voluntold, haven't I? Uh, well, um, as, as a teen and a young adult, my life was just way out of control, uh, way out of control. And uh, I stumbled through the doors of an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, and that gained a little bit of control. And uh, I used to be a little bitter. Actually, it's only in the last year that I've, I've kind of sorted some things out because I was kind of bitter that I, I couldn't have just got saved and, and go through that rather than going through up period of time in between. And I just realized that, that really 
that was a, a blessing to me because those people were kind of nasty and they they forced me to do some things. There was some, uh, I guess, obedience, you know, in the face of desperation. When really desperate, we do things we're told to do. And uh, there were some things about forgiveness that often in a church we wouldn't be told in as enthusiastic a manner as I was. And then uh, a number of years later, I had numbers of people witnessing to me in one way or another. And uh, there was a meeting. There was a fellow that gave his testimony. I'd heard those things before, but that day was different. And my life absolutely changed. Um, I lost one language. I used to speak English in profanity, and I, I, it was gone. <laughs> That's all I <laughs> Um, where do you want me to take this? That's, that's good. So how long ago was that? That was in, uh, 1983, August, just 35 years ago, 36 years 36 ago. 36 years ago. Wonderful. Now, I don't think, uh, Alex, your story is from 36 years ago. <laughs> Would that be right? Tell us, uh, tell us about your journey. Um, so, I guess my, my journey um, really started about three years ago. Um, for a while, I'd, I'd been working, uh, it was a good job, and life was okay. You know, I had friends, um, kept in touch with my family, but there's definitely times where I'd be very depressed. Um, there's definitely like a void, something missing, and I didn't really know how to fill that. So I worked, you know, I uh, bought things. Um, I wasn't a huge party animal or anything, um, but I guess video games was another one. And <laughs> um, the way I was raised, so I was not raised in a Christian household, um, my parents had always taught me and my brothers to um, essentially, like you gotta work your way in the world. So you gotta go to school, you know, find out what you like first, um, and then you get a career, and then you just work up from there. And that's kind of what determines success in life. And so that's kind of the, the standard I was working off of. <laughs> um, and then it was summer of 2017, I believe, um, I ended up leaving my job because uh, it was just, you know, it was, yeah, things weren't good and wasn't keeping in touch with my family much, wasn't keeping in touch with friends, and so it was just kind of a downward spiral. And my mom had been talking to my uncle, and he's the only Christian member of my family, like his family. Um, and he started telling me about Jesus, and I didn't really pick up, pick up on it too much at the time, uh, but one thing that did stick out to me was that you, if you do end up pursuing this, to do it wholeheartedly. And, you know, it's not just a label, it's, um, it's a relationship. Uh, I didn't really understand that, though, at the time. And so, anyways, life moved on a bit. 
sold my house, sold possessions I had, rented a U-Haul and came to Saskatoon. And, you know, at the time I didn't know why I did it, but uh, it turned out to be the best decision of my life. I ended up going to church, uh, met a lot of great people, and they encouraged me. I had a lot of questions and they had answers. And yeah, that's uh, kind of how it happened. So, yeah. So, how long ago was it that you kind of crossed the valley of decision and said, I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to live for Christ. I guess about two years. Uh, it would be less than that, less than that. Um, so, with the questions I had, um, I was kind of seeking the, the evidence portion. You know, that's kind of like I'm more scientific-minded, I guess. Um, but it wasn't enough. So you can, you can always keep asking for evidence, but there's never enough that'll, you know, eventually be like, oh, you know, I guess I'll accept this stuff. And so for me, it was um, giving up control in my life and um, you know, letting, letting Jesus take the wheel, essentially. And, yeah. Beautiful. So 36 years, less than two years. Pastor Yasmin, fill us in on your story. Um, <clears throat> mine's um, complicated, but I, I will just give some highlights. Um, and know that I'm not just saying half of this just because I work at the church, <laughs> but it, it'll make sense in a second. So um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but I did go to a Catholic school, so it's not that I was unaware of the Bible. I just didn't have a relationship with Jesus at all. Um, my life was actually pretty good. Um, I was living a pretty good life. I had a good job. Um, I had my husband, I had my kids. But it just seemed to not ever be enough for me. Um, and then one day, I was with my friend who was giving birth to her first daughter. And that baby died that day when I was there. And it's significant because you don't need to walk into this church to encounter God. And although I didn't know who he was or who his rela my relationship was with him or how any of that worked, um, I was so upset and I was trying to stay so strong for my friends as they were saying goodbye to their child that when I finally found a moment to escape, I ran down to the waiting room. And in the waiting room, I fell to my knees. It's still clear as day. And wept and prayed. And God met me there that day. I, I can't explain it. I can't tell you how I even knew it was him, but it was. So I'm not about feelings. <laughs> I'm about books and knowledge and figure this out. So after that, my life just changed crazy because all I wanted to do was learn, learn, learn. Like, what is this? What's happening? Why did I do this? Like, and, you know, and I'm just reaching into all of that. And then I stumbled into Day in the Park. 
So that's why I say it's so layered. I, I went to a day in the park. I met some of you. I came to this church. And I know he's talking, Pastor John's talking about saying yes, but because so many people said yes is the reason that I'm here. And I'm telling you that if you know me and you've heard my story, you know I'm not just saying that because of this message. You need to understand I walked in those doors and someone greeted me. I walked down this aisle, worship was happening, and it was like Evan was talking to me. I left this church, Pastor Rob took me upstairs, showed me around the ministry, the children's ministry, how to get involved. He did all that with me. The next weekend, I was in a life group. And there's so many layers of my story that I don't have time to tell you, but I'm telling you that day in the park and saying yes is truly very significant, right? I didn't have anyone that ever invited me to church, ever in my life. I never even had a teenager invite me to youth group. And it's why I'm so passionate about the community and the things that we do that I feel like maybe I wouldn't have been ready, but I just wish somebody would have. Oh. Some of you don't want to be thinking about this, but you're heading back to school this week. And the hallways and classrooms of our schools are full of people who are lonely and need a friend. And you could change their life by inviting them to church. I, I hope nobody that works with any of us will be saying something like Pastor Yasmin said tonight, 20 years from now, nobody ever invited me to church. Um, good news is God gets a hold of us and has a way of working. So, so less than two years, 36 years, somewhere in the middle, you come to Christ and, and just, and let's go in the same order we went here. What were the kind of the, the things that after you come to Christ, you can't stay a baby. You got to grow up and obviously you all have. Um, what what were the <laughs> what were the what were the contributing factors to to spiritual growth in your in your life? And don't be afraid to mention people if you want to. But the kind of the process. What you you heard a message. You said yes. You went today in the park. You heard more. You said yes. You began to grow. You're meeting friends, and you say yes. And you're so. What's the what's the process here? It's all based around relationships. Uh, he, um, I think of a friend that got saved about three years before me, and uh, he, it was interesting, he would never preach to me, but if ever I asked him a question, because I knew he was a Christian, that was pretty obvious, if I ever asked him a question, he'd give me the complete answer, which could take several hours. So, so you know, it was, but it, if I opened up the door, he would certainly walk through it. Uh, he'd moved on, but when he heard that, that I'd received Christ, he drove several hours and we spent a whole weekend just in the Word, and, and he established some things from that in my heart. He, uh, he directed me to a church, 
And so we got to be engaged there. We got involved in, in life groups. We got involved in the lives of other people. I should back up, you know, long before I came to Christ, I, I, I had number, numbers of people in my life that had become Christians. And they went through various stages. And as I'd been exposed to the gospel in different times, I, I remember praying, God, if I ever become a Christian, I, I want to be that, that good soil because some of the folks that I saw would uh, get all excited for six weeks or six months and then their lives turned back to the way it was. Uh, I just saw them all different types of soil and I said, you know, if, if I ever do this thing, I, I want to be for real and all in. And I just built relationships. People came around me that uh, they spoke into my life and we started sharing, we got engaged in, in small groups in a, in a hurry and, and very shortly we ended up leading a small group and just being able to pour into people's lives made, uh, made all the difference just kept us engaged and involved. And you bless me, by the way. You're an encouragement to me. And, and uh, I sense the Spirit of God doing a real work in your heart and your life. That hasn't likely happened in a vacuum. So how did you move from, okay, I, I, I'm accepting this and... What's kept you growing, kept you learning, kept you advancing? Um, definitely the community. Um, the people that I now call my friends. Um, from the beginning, uh, they, they would encourage me. Um, they would pray with me, even though I felt very uncomfortable at first. <laughs> um, and they, they had answers for the questions I had. Um, and, and like I was saying, at, at first it was to find that evidence, and then later on it was, well, how do I move on from here? And well, I remember one time um, I was talking to a friend, and it's kind of, you know, was, you know, what do I do? I'm kind of kind of confused, kind of lost. I have a few paths I could take, I guess. And uh, he, he said to me, well, why don't you get baptized? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's silly, you know, thinking about it now, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that seems kind of obvious. Um, and it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't because it was like, oh, well, you have to be baptized, and then now you're officially a Christian. It was well, this is something that God tells us to do. You know, it's a public confession of our faith. And so it was another step in my journey. And even, even with that symbolic action, it, it definitely helped propel me forward. And I, I remember actually even that day, um, ended up talking to some guys in the parking lot after the baptism and 
they uh, became part of our friend group. So that was, that was pretty cool. God does really neat things. And it's through people that, that God works. And so that's, that's definitely been the big driver um, in my growth. And uh, so we, we ended up starting a Bible study. And you know, I, that uh, allowed me to become more immersed in the word. And you know, slowly it gave me desire to seek it out on my own and just continued from there. And I guess I'll do a plug for serving as well. <laughs> um, I ended up saying yes to some opportunities that came up and turned out to be the greatest decision ever. And so I just, yeah, I, I pray that God continues to give those opportunities for, for everyone. And yeah, it's, it's awesome because it's, um, you know, it sometimes pushes us outside our comfort zone, um, but ultimately it's uh, beneficial. It causes growth. It's what God wants for us. It's who we're meant to be, so. Wow. So, so, so I'm hearing a bit of common theme here. You, you come to Christ. The journey is, the journeys, the stories are very different, but you come to Christ and then this maturing process is so connected to relationships. But you did put in a good plug there for me. You got baptized. Last weekend of September is water baptism weekend at the neighborhood. Uh, take your connect card if you haven't already, if you've never been baptized, and tick on here. Is there a place to tick? Yes. No, there isn't. Well, there is. It says being baptized at Day in the Park, but we'll baptize you here in the church uh, in, uh, in September. Just tick that line off and we'll, we'll get a hold of you. So, Pastor Yasmin, tell us the influences that propelled you forward in your faith. So when he says that he um, uh, is putting a plug in, <laughs> the only people who would actually think that are those who aren't serving. And the reason I say that, and this just kind of came to my mind, is because if you are serving, you already know what we're talking about. If you are serving and you're committed to our church, you got this. You're here. So the ones that aren't, we're telling you what you're missing. <laughs> and the reason I say all that is because as soon as I started coming to the church and getting to know people, you know, praying was uncomfortable for me too, and like all those types of things, um, I started working in the nurseries. Now, if you want a plug, there's the plug. <laughs> I started working in the nurseries. <laughs> um, so they were desperate for nursery workers, like always. My kids were babies. They were little. So that's where I ended up working. And then I kind of just followed them along through ministry. And I went into two significant life groups. Um, one that was a mix of mar married couples. Um, none of who had kids when we joined it, but by the end of it, many of them did. Um, and then the other one was a woman's group, and these people have changed me completely. It was this safe place that I got to go to and ask the stupid questions, because no question was stupid to them. They prayed for me, they cared for me. It was not just once a week. These people loved me. Like, they... 
text me when they knew something was coming up. Um, I was running a lot of races back then, and they would encourage me. They were there. Some of them showed up with flowers and cards, and these like this had never happened to me in my entire life before, so this was pretty mind-blowing. Um, we had a couple whose child was sick, and they called us at 3 in the morning to come watch their kids. Like, it was just, we were family. That's, that's what it was. Um, and that's where it began. So, and I've been here, well, ever since. probably next to accepting Christ in your life and accepting his grace and forgiveness. Probably the next most important decision you make is, I'm going to be serious about this, and I'm going to get connected relationally with people. And my conviction is that we all need each other. And everybody here either needs to be in a group so they can begin to grow, or they need to be in a group helping people grow. Um, you're either, either of those are big needs, and um, we just challenge you to take the talents and the gifts God's given you. Next weekend, we'll roll out neighborhood group opportunities in our in our launch weekend, but. Roundup weekend, sorry, but in our in our our gathering on Tuesday night, at the tables were these "I said yes" cards. They're in uh, the little pockets in front of you uh, tonight, and we know all of you couldn't be here last week uh, on Tuesday, but it's not too late to say yes. Talented people need to use their talents. And the happiest, most fulfilled people in the world, the happiest, most fulfilled Christians in the world, are the people who are using their talents. And so we are filled uh, with a room full of really talented people tonight to... Uh, have the potential and capacity to really make a huge impact in this city and this part of our province. But we can only do it together. So we have five teams at the neighborhood. We still got a slide that says that somewhere. Um, we have five teams, and you don't even have to get into all of this, but. Um, Write your name down on here and, and write your email and we'll get a hold of you. But, uh, and Pastor Yasmin, maybe grab a mic because you can uh, fill in uh, the hole here in case I miss a couple of the teams. But we have the creative team, which is involved in, in the stuff you see on the platform and the stuff you see on the screens on the weekend. If, if worship and, and techie stuff appeals to you, then... Uh, that's the team you're interested in. We have the uh, care team, which is kind of from the parking lot to the platform, the people who make people feel welcome and greet and, and take up offerings and shake hands. Um, that team uh, needs help. The next-gen team, tell us a couple of the places that we can use help in the next-gen team. 
So the degeneration team is um, so from basically infant, so the nurseries, kids' church, midweek programs, junior youth, youth, and next generation. So there's lots of opportunities, midweek and weekends. Lots to do there. Adult groups, uh, we need people who will lead groups, people who will host groups, people who will make coffee for groups, all kinds of stuff. So if you uh, would like to be involved in helping with groups, uh, just let that know on here, write down something like adult groups. And the last group is our community team, which is really the group that will help us put on special events within our church, special events that reach our community. We get into schools in, uh, quite regularly to do things. We need people to go with Pastor Yasm and her team into our schools. But there's an opportunity. Talk about soccer in Lawson Heights last year. This saddens me. Last year, the Lawson Heights Association, like Community Association, couldn't find any soccer coaches. So Lawson Heights was not represented for the little guys to play soccer last year. And since I sit on the association, it was quite sad because when we're looking at finding ways to be in the community, it's not just always about hosting another event. I think as the neighborhood church, we're represented all around the city. And I think that we should be in our associations and be on our son's basketball team or our daughter's dance classes or school lunches or whatever it is. Like we have an opportunity to be out there as an individual. Uh, not just talking about our church, but showing the love of Christ in everywhere we go. Um, it doesn't just have to be in these walls here. Yeah, church is meant to be the church, and one of the most powerful things we can do to be the church is be the church in the community. So I, I think it would be great if six or eight guys and gals would say, I'm going to be the church by coaching a soccer team in Lawson Heights next year, and my team's going to beat your team. Just so you know. Um, so what I want you to do is we close our service and Pastor Ethan and team are just going to come out and lead in a closing song. I want you to stand, but I want you to prayerfully just say, hmm, should I be filling one of those up? I think I know the answer. Talented people should use their talents and fill it out and then uh, go attach it using a clothespin to the... Uh, what are those things called out there? Hmm. Pallets? Pallets. There. I knew there was a fancy, <laughs> fancy Used word. Used to be. <laughs> yeah. Attach it to the fancy pallets in the, uh, in the foyer, the boards, and uh, our team will get a hold of you. So uh, let's stand. Let's close the song. I'll, co I'll come and lead in prayer once we've sung the final song. And then uh, while we're singing... Fill out your uh, form. Give my three helpers a hand tonight. Didn't they serve us well? I just want to share one little thing. When, if you were here on Tuesday launch night, as we were closing up, I had said that I believe, well, I know, that God has sent us a church to provide every need that needs to be here. We're a church body. That's what he's done. And what was so interesting is Pastor Joel presented these spiritual tests for everybody to do. Because sometimes you just need a little tool to push you along. Well, out of all those tests, we had like 100 tests taken. He gave me a graph of all the different giftings of our church within those 100 people. And when you looked at it, we lack nothing. Like, 
And when I say not just lack, I'm talking it was so evenly distributed across the graph that only God can do that. So each of us here may be doing something that we're not designed to do. Maybe you just got to figure out what works for you so that it doesn't feel so much like work. Because I like to, I always say that, you know, if you love what you do, it's not work, right? You're serving and you're just loving. So I just wanted to share that because I believe that we are the most amazing, talented church body. And we just got to be a family and pull our weight and get together and love each other. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.